Hey guys, welcome to this week's episode of Muslims Doing Things, a podcast about extraordinary Muslims with a recently very unreliable host. I know it was two weeks without a podcast, which is something so uncharacteristic of me, but I cannot tell you how crazy it's been. Um, We moved, we just like I traveled while we were moving a lot for work, travels kind of picking up. Um, We switched child care providers, like it's just been really insane. Um, But this week I have a bit of a different episode that I'm very excited about because exactly a year ago, I was at my in-laws house for Thanksgiving and in my head for like maybe two or three years, I wanted to start this podcast. And so it was like really early in the morning. I was sitting at the table. My kids were still asleep. And I'd mentioned to my sister-in-law like, hey, I really want to start a podcast. I don't know, maybe in two or three years. And I told her the concept and she was like, just do it. I was like, what? She's like, just do it. Like, I, I don't understand why you want to do it in two to three years. Just do it. And so that exact day, I listened to a podcast called How to Start a Podcast It's like four or five hours long. And I had like a logo made by the end of the day. And then I called a good friend of mine and we were just chatting and she was telling me a story about something totally irrelevant and random. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so inspired. It was about, it was Ibtaj actually about the Olympics. Like the Olympics came into the story, but it was a story about something really mundane. And I was like, man, like if these voices don't get showcased, it's like a tragedy for our community. So this is all to say a few things. One, Happy birthday to me and Muslims doing things. It's been a year since we started, since we, I started the pod. Um, but also today's guest is a very different type of guest because she is, she was the final push in the podcast. And it's my sister-in-law, Yasmin Durali, who you will hear from in terms of where she is in her career and what she's done. She's definitely a lot earlier than other guests in her career, but has done some really cool things, um, including recently getting TikTok famous, which we'll talk about. But Yasi, tell us about yourself. Okay. I'm so excited to be here. This is such an honor. I am a longtime listener of Muslims Doing Things, so it feels great to be a guest. Um, My name is Yasmeen. I am 22 years old and a recent graduate of UC Berkeley, where I gained my bachelor's in legal studies and human rights. Um, I moved to DC about two months ago when I started a new job in philanthropic consulting and social impact investing. And so that's my full-time work, but I also work part-time as a content creator and an influencer on TikTok, where I post a lot of like wellness and lifestyle and fashion content. So yeah, super excited to be here. Yeah, and, and this episode's also my first in-person episode. We are back in the house where we celebrated Thanksgiving <laughs> last year. So the audio will be different, yeah. um, but it'll it's, it'll be funner because we're in person. We can actually read each other's body language. Um, but so Yasi, um, I mean, I think I, I don't know if I've talked about your mom in the show, but I've, I've talked about your parents a lot in real life. So why don't you tell us about your background? I think your mom literally went to law school when you were like four or something. But anyways, yeah. you could talk about your background. Where are you from? Let's start from the beginning. Yeah. So I grew up in Pennsylvania for 10 years of my life. I had quite the quintessential East Coast childhood that I'm so grateful for. Um, And I'm the youngest of four. So we're all six years apart and I'm the baby and we've all kind of done super different things. But my parents were always working Um, as I was growing up. My mom went to law school at the age of, I think, like 39 or 40. Um, it was shortly after I was born, but she decided to pursue her JD 
um, as I was growing up. So I just have so many memories of her like always studying or going to night classes. And um, we actually spent the summer of 2008 in Iran while she was studying for her um, bar exam. So definitely always had a really great example of, you know, hard work set by my parents. And I feel like they really shaped my work ethic and who I am today, even though my career path now is pretty non-traditional, I would say, compared to the one that they've had. But yeah, alhamdulillah, I was raised by two really incredible parents who taught me. And your mom had her PhD before all this. Yeah, she <laughs> she was obsessed with school. What can I say? She had a, she, and now she's a patent attorney. It's like pretty yeah, incredible. Full circle moment. Michelle, she's very, very educated. And um, yeah, definitely laid the groundwork. And then you, your first job, was your first job at Y Systems? You were No, intern? my first job was at Target. Oh, what? Yeah. I didn't know it was that. a holiday. Get out of here. Yeah, it was a holiday. You like, um, what's it called? I don't even know, like a holiday cashier or something. Wait, I remember <laughs> Yeah. I like it, was, it was like my sophomore, junior year of college, and I worked there for like two months, but it was so no, insane. Was like it all the high school? No, oh, sorry, high school. Yeah, yeah high school. Um, I worked there during the holiday season, which was absolutely insane. Um, I had no idea how much suburban moms take Christmas seriously. And it was like so hectic. I quit like two months later. <laughs> I remember it was very short. It was very, very, very short. short. Um, but yeah, then my mm-hmm. second job, if you could call it, it was like a little internship. <laughs> I don't even know. I feel like I was the worst employee was at Y Systems. Well, we were like pretty much interns like ourselves. <laughs> we, like, we just started the company. I was like falling asleep. Me and Hottie were. the worst. Were we even married? Were we just engaged? I don't remember. I think you were engaged. Yeah. You were planning your wedding. We were planning my wedding and... I took Yassi under my wing and you moved to Boston with me. Yeah. But you want to buy two summers. That was <laughs> so fun. I think I was 17 at the time. You were very young. Yeah. And we were living with Shireen. Yeah. Too. We <laughs> had a triple roommate in your like little 200 square foot yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Boston apartment. I lived with a bunch of 16 year olds. But anyway, um, yeah. And then you went to Berkeley with a very different intention. Tell me about yeah. college. So at first I thought I was going to study economics and that was my major for two years. And I kind of did like all of that. I took the micro classes, the macro classes, I took stats, I did kind of the whole thing. And then um, I remember after going into my junior year of college, I that summer before I did an internship on Capitol Hill and I was like so conflicted with my career path. I was not inspired by what I was studying in school. And so I decided to change my major. And so I changed it to legal studies and human rights and I graduated with that. Um, but it's interesting because I feel like I've been on a super pre-law track for a while now. Um, and in college, like I I accumulated like a lot of different experience. I worked in policy. I did like grassroots work, um, some work at like nonprofits. And then I would say like my most defining, um, work experience at Berkeley was, um, my role at the human rights center investigations lab. And so I was super, super invested in like IR work, um, human rights research. I was super deeply invested in international human rights law. I thought I was like going to go to law school and study all of that and be like, you know, the Amal Clooney um, of the family. But um, this past summer, I feel like I had a recent revelation in my career and I'm once again changing my career path. And something that you actually told me, Layla, I think it was a couple months ago when I was like, why do I change my career path like every five minutes? And you told me your career just started. It's so fine. (laughs) You can do that. And so um, in the summer, I decided to just like kind of start posting more lifestyle and wellness content, stuff that I've always been really interested in. And I, since I was like 12 years old, have been making like silly videos on my iPad. Um, And so I just started posting more on TikTok and taking it more seriously. And now that I work in consulting, it's like, tangential experience what I studied in college, but it's also not. 
Um, and I feel like I'm getting a lot of different types of um, like business and consulting work. And so now I'm interested in pursuing the influencer track a little bit more and then also potentially, um, you know, maybe going down the business route, but taking a specific um, focus on like the beauty industry. Yes. And, and that was a conversation we recently, well, first of all, it's funny because when you came to me, I was here for a little while on maternity leave with Asa, like in the thick of COVID. Mm-hmm. I was here and that's when I started taking TikTok seriously. Yes. And I picked up a gazillion, like 110,000 followers or something like that on TikTok. In the beginning stages. In the beginning. Yeah. And then I kind like of- go viral so quick. I, I went viral so quick. And then I never really like, kept up with it until now. I still haven't kept up with it. I need to get back to it. Yeah. But you, like a year ago, had actually, after I started my podcast, had a similar conversation where you're like, I kind of want to take- TikTok seriously. And I was like, yeah. just do it. Remember the podcast? Like you're yeah. the one who told me to do it. Just right. do it. And you just did it. And, and in a year you've gained like, I think 60,000 followers. I'm at like, yeah, around like 60, 70,000, 60, 70,000 followers. And you like are getting paid deals. You're writing your yeah, own contracts. Okay. Yeah. You like have a very specific aesthetic. Yeah. So like walk us through the process. And the, the reason I thought it was interesting to chat with you is I've had a lot of folks who are content creators, but they've made it. Yeah, they've been in the game they've for made like it. 10 years. Or and even like they've just made it. Even if they're earlier, like they have, have a living off of it. A, they have a living off of it. They have agents. Like it yeah. is Managers. something. It is their like career period. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Whereas you uh, have done this earlier, you're still making money off of it. You have a mm-hmm. supplementary salary off of it. It's not your primary salary. Yeah. But there's like a bit of a myth of it's too late. Yeah, totally. Or right? it's like too saturated. It's to too start. saturated. It's oh, too late. Yeah. And so one, like, how did you deal with that too? Like, what are the 10 steps? How did you kind of get oh, here? That's such a good question. Actually, I listened to a podcast by The Skinny Confidential. They're seriously one of my favorite podcasts to listen to. And I've learned so much from them about everything. And I remember um, this one podcast was with the founder of Alfred Coffee in LA and they were basically talking to him about his experience. Like how did you make Alfred coffee? Like the it brand. Um, and he entered the industry, like, I don't know, eight or 10 years ago when the biggest, um, like agents in the game were Starbucks, Dunkin' Donuts. Like it was very fast chain coffee. It wasn't like aesthetic coffee shop, experiential coffee. And he was saying, I hate when people, tell me that the market is too saturated and I can't start because I entered the most saturated market ever coffee. Mm -hmm. And I still made Alfred, which is now like an international, like crazy global sensation. Mm -hmm. It totally changed the game for coffee shops. Now that's like a norm to find the cute, cozy neighborhood coffee shop. And so that really resonated with me. Like even if a platform is so saturated, that shouldn't stop you from Mm -hmm. starting because ultimately it's just about differentiating yourself and creating um, something that's unique and different, people are going to come to you for that. Because if you're going to argue that like a platform is so saturated, you you would never start Mm -hmm. because there's so many people, everyone's doing a different thing. But um, maybe it's just to get over the embarrassment because like getting that first, do your own thing, getting that first like 10,000 followers is straight up. I remember you told me that you're like, you're going to feel like a donkey. (laughs) You're literally like, you're going to feel like a donkey. It's okay. It's normal. It's part of the process. (laughs) Trust me. It's you're going to have that one video. It's going to go viral. And then you're going to feel better. And it's true. You're just like, Hey guys. And there's like no guys. Nobody's watching. Nobody's watching. It's (laughs) literally just you. And it's like the five people who are liking it. So I know then it's usually me who's like, Hey, love this content. You know, you're such a supporter. She (laughs) Layla literally commented on every single one of my videos multiple times. 
times. She True. posted my engagement. True. Like she, you duetted my video. And I, I thought that was so cool. Cause I you had everything. so, so much more than I did at the time. But, um, okay. Let's circle back. So how did yeah. I do this? Um, I don't know. I feel like it took me a minute to decide like what I wanted because I think it's like everyone wants to create content. Oh, wait, 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 what? stop. What? Slow, slow that story down. What do you what? mean by what I wanted? What I wanted to showcase myself as. What do you mean internet. by that? What did I want? When people thought of me, what were, what was the first word? Your brand. Think of? What was my brand? You need to figure your brand. I didn't know what that was. And I think for a while when you, you don't know your niche, I know everyone talks about your niche and I, sometimes I find it like limiting, but other times I'm like, it's important. Like I follow so many influencers and content creators and I have for so many years, but I go to different people for different things. Yeah. And I know clearly what their content yeah, is. I'm going to get home me. decor from this one. Like that yeah, one this girl, style. I'm going to get wellness content. This girl yeah. has recipes. This girl has great fashion taste and going to find links and right. inspo from her. And I think for me, I was just so interested in everything. And so at first when I started TikTok, like I think that was why I wasn't seeing results because it was just like, what are you? Like, are you trying to get a fashion account? Are you trying to get a beauty account? Are you trying to get a wellness account? Like if I look at your page, I don't know what to look for. Then it's like, okay, I'm going to keep swiping because yeah. there's so many other content creators in the game who have something like specific that I could go for. Yeah. So it took me a while at first. Um, and at first I started off with like, just like vlogs at the time I was in college, I was finishing my senior year. And so I was just posting a day in my life as like a Berkeley student. And like that did well. It was fun. Yeah. And COVID because I, okay. We should rewind. I feel like I'm getting ahead of myself. But basically, my big push was AUB COVID. Yeah. I had time same. on my hands. Same for the podcast. I had time on my hands. I did not move back to Berkeley for like a year and a half. Like I finished college at home. I was away from so many friends. I didn't really have a social life here, obviously, because of the pandemic. And I was just like, aside from school, I needed a hobby. Like I needed something to do. I yeah. was so bored. And I was just like watching so many content creators that I've watched from like, from they were my age, like when we were like 15, 16, I was watching them. And then they like now 22, 23, like built a whole like empire for themselves. They yeah. built a brand, they built a living. And I was watching them do these things. And I just thought this is so unattainable, but I want this so bad, you know? And I think what really changed my mindset on things was just like doing it. Like, yeah. I didn't focus on perfection at first. Like I didn't have the perfect aesthetic and the perfect lighting and the perfect camera like I literally just did it I got my name out there like I started posting and as I started creating content I got better at it I got better at editing I knew my angles more I knew what looked good and so that's really what helped me um I was consistent and I think that's something that like people like it um hinders some people actually start posting because they think they need the perfect setup perfect the $600 camera like the perfect apartment right. the most gorgeous lifestyle but it's like no that's not even relatable because people who want to watch your content like the, at least the content I see it's all stuff that I can relate to yeah I think it's an excuse honestly because it's embarrassing it it's, it's embarrassing you know you're like, procrastinating you know deep down it's like oh I'll start when I have my camera yeah. I'll start when I have my new apartment but it trust me, it literally only hinders your growth. Yeah, because it's like you you get started, it's embarrassing. Everybody's looking at you like, why are you? You know, I didn't yourself? tell anyone. I didn't tell anyone. Neither same. Most of I mean, I like I really rarely cross post my TikTok to my Instagram. Still, yeah. And, and but oh, so you like when you said you're consistent, you pretty much have set a goal for yourself since yeah. you, since when and what is it and what have you seen like what has that goal yielded you? Yeah, that's a good question. So I feel like. I, I didn't start thinking I wanted to be an influencer. I knew I wanted a side hobby. 
Like I knew I wanted something outside of my job um, or outside of school because I felt like I was going through a really traditional career trajectory. Mm-hmm. Like law school is very traditional. You're studying the law. And you're like, super creative. That's like I'm, I'm very creative. And I felt like I wasn't stimulating that side of me yeah. um, in school or in my career. And I wanted something to pursue on the side. So, um, yeah, I didn't go into it like thinking I wanted to be um, an influencer full time. I just wanted something fun and like on the side. And then, you know, as I got started, like I, I mentioned, I didn't really tell many people that wasn't like super intentional. It was also because I wasn't seeing that many people on my day to day, but I didn't feel the need to because I was just so set and I wanted to do this. Yeah. Like, it wasn't like, oh, I don't know what people you didn't are need to think of me. <laughs> I, it, it wasn't like, oh, I'm afraid what they're going to think of me and then talk bad about me. It was literally just like, no, I don't want your opinion. Yeah. Like, I know I'm going to do good. this. I don't, I don't need a second opinion. I don't even want to invite that, you know, yeah. I want to do this for me. And so, um, yeah, I think it was about like, I think I got my like first brand deal. I started posting on TikTok in like October, November. And I think I got my first brand deal in like January. Was it Crest? It was, was Crest. Crest. I remember that. Which at the time was so crazy because <laughs> I've been using Crest white strips for like 10 years. They have very white teeth. No, thank you. Um, but yeah, that was my first brand deal. And it was like a lot. You know, alhamdulillah, it was way more than I thought influencers could even make because I was just exposed to a whole new world yeah. I was like just so surprised by what was an entire industry yeah and I at first it was super overwhelming and honestly it still is because I just feel like I know so little because there's just it's still such a new field like it's new but it's not yeah and I didn't know if there was like an influencer handbook for dummies well the old guard quote-unquote is like He's been doing it for 10 years. Like, that's like what? Yeah, that's exactly. an old guy. Like, I couldn't just Google how to negotiate. Like, I could, in a traditional job, how to negotiate salary yeah. in business. How to negotiate your job or your salary in, like, I don't know, a law firm. Here I was like, uh, how do you, like, when your brands ask what your rates are, how do you set your rates? Yeah. What are the metrics? How do you pay taxes? That's something how you do you pay taxes? I, I still don't know how to do that. <laughs> if anyone knows. Hit me up. Yeah, yeah, literally. And, yeah, so – um, it was like a new field and I felt like it was super overwhelming at first, but it's fine. We're figuring out as we go. But yeah, I got my first brand deal in like January, February. Um, I was going through like kind of a dark phase in the winter. Just, you know, COVID was super bad. It was just like a harder time. You know, I was applying to a ton of fellowships at the time. It was just like not the best moment of my life. So I didn't feel super inspired to create. And I kind of took a break on TikTok for like two months. I didn't post at all. And I was super worried that it was going to hurt my growth because I was just like off the grid. Like I didn't post a lot. And I know that TikTok is an app that really rewards consistency. Mm-hmm. And I just like didn't force myself to create an authentic content. Like I didn't want to get on the app and post like cutesy aesthetic vlogs when in reality that was just like so far from how I was feeling. And so I think it was around like – graduation. And in the summer, I remember I took a trip to New Orleans with two of my best friends and we were talking about like post-grad stuff. And I was just saying how I was like super stressed out. I didn't know what I wanted to do. Like the job hunt was kind of brutal at the time I hadn't gotten my job. And so I was just like deciding what I wanted to do. And I was very unhappy with like my salary prospects. Um, and I just wanted something that was going to diversify my income. And I didn't necessarily know that that was going to be social media. I was like, okay, maybe I can work at a coffee shop 
or I can have some type of side hustle. Like I can have a Poshmark or a Depop or something. Mm -hmm. And I remember one of my friends, Muna, she was like, why don't you just start taking social media seriously? Like you're so, you know, naturally adept at this. This is something you love. And like people can make like, you know, really decent money off of this. And so I was just like, you know what? Like I have been watching content creators create their dream lives for years. What, what are they doing that I can't do? You know, I, I'm qualified. I'm capable of doing this. I'm creative. This would be so fun. And so in the summer, that was like my big moment. I just decided to take it seriously from then on. I was like, okay, like if I'm going to do this, I'm really going to do this. I'm going to put in my 110%. Um, I remember I flew back from New Orleans and I literally went to a coffee shop and I got my notebook out and I was like, okay, this week, this is what I'm going to post. Oh, so you plan your content for the week. I plan my content for the week. I still do that. Huh. Going into the week, I was like, okay, my goal. If that's I'm, what you're doing today. That's right? what I was doing today. Got yeah. it. I do that every week because got it just it. helps me structure my weeks. Like I now treat this as a job. It is a job. It's a lot of work, but it's a job that I love and it's something that I feel really inspired about. So I don't feel like I'm like, oh, I have to go to I have to go to work. Yeah. I have to go respond to these emails. It's like, no, I get to do that. Yeah. No, as a creative, I'm a creative person too. And like yeah. you, you, I always need an outlet. Yeah. So like, and, and my work, my work, like the creativity, it's, it's generally pretty creative, but there are definitely times that are much more operational. Yeah. And I find myself picking up a project for fun during those times. Yeah. It's hard to like switch always, from work brain to creative brain. Yeah, it is. But like the creative brain is the outlet for me. Like, yeah, I never get tired of creative brain, but I get tired of operational brain sometimes. Yeah, totally. My so, creative brain can keep growing. Yeah, totally. So I remember I just like sat down and I was like, okay, like what am I going to post this week? Yeah. And this is when I was doing a lot of research. I was listening to a lot of podcasts, um, people who I listened to a lot of podcasts on manifestation too, which we can talk about because I'm <laughs> such What's a some Gen Z. No, Gen Z. Okay. Listen, manifestation is, is much literally, Gen Z. manifestation is literally just it's straight up draw. It literally is, but we can go into that in a second. But yeah, I just like was super consistent. I said, okay, this week I want to post three to four videos. And these are what they're going to be. And they're all going to be around the same topic because I want people when they come to my page to think of one thing, think of two things. What, what are those things? I wanted people to come to me for wellness content mm-hmm. and for like lifestyle. Mm-hmm. I wanted someone to be like, okay. Has that changed? I think a little bit. Mm-hmm. I think at first I was like, oh, do I want to post like beauty videos? And I just realized like it's a lot of work. beauty is not my thing. Like I'm into makeup, but I'm not like a makeup guru like that. There are so many talented like literal makeup artists in the game that didn't feel like that was like my best skill set. Right. But I feel like I know how to, like, I, I feel like I've really mastered what it takes to create a life that I love and that I want to live and that I deserve, you know, and I wanted to share that positive energy. And so I wanted people to come to me and be like, okay, she is someone who's really positive. She is not a full-time influencer. She's just a little bit more relatable with like a traditional career. Um, I want people to come to my page and find like inspiration for fitness and for lifestyle and like healthy recipes and, you know, still maintaining like kind of an aesthetic when they come to my yeah. page. You know? And it's funny because as you've done this and kind of realized you're good at that, yeah. just a few days ago, you came to me and said, you're rethinking law school. Am I allowed to talk about you rethinking yeah, law school? Yeah, no. no, no, no. You can talk about it. You talked about you rethinking law school. And before you even finished your sentence, I was like, thank God. You were like, <laughs> I knew it. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> I, know, I was like, thank God. Like, you need yeah. to like take this seriously. Um, I remember I asked you that a while ago, though. Did I give you the same advice? You told me I was like, really, you said I was like enterprising or something. You are enterprising. I don't think you're made for law school. Like, I think law school is fine. It's a fine career. But like, yeah. I think that you are meant for strategy. And yeah. like, you know, I could see you having like a, leadership career in like marketing or a leadership yeah. career in like something strategic oh, so or fun. like some sort of even like consumer, you know, 
I've mentioned Glossier or Away or like, you know, I could see you taking yeah. that path. And I feel like going to business school, working, then going to business school. Yeah. And you're what what I like about and why I was like, you need to come on the podcast is like, you're, you're figuring that out now. Totally. I, I don't want to come on here and act like I know everything. I definitely am. Yeah, still you're like figuring 22. It out. Are you 22? I'm, I'm 22. <laughs> Um, and a half. No, I'm just kidding. But um, yeah, I'm definitely still figuring it out. And I feel like what's helped me so much is like listening to podcasts. Yeah, yeah. That's where I've learned everything, truly everything. And it's honestly kind of sad. I'm like, why didn't I not learn this in school? Like, what was the bachelor's for? <laughs> what did I learn there? But I learned so much from podcasts. I learned so much about like career stuff, professional growth. I also learned so much about personal growth. And that's like where I even learned about the concept of manifestation. I don't know oh if you have you listened to Just, you can talk about it. I'll I'm gonna let you, you talk you about it. Like two minutes. You have two minutes to talk about manifestation. It's um garbage. But anyways, no, I listened to this podcast, <laughs> Rooted Black Girls. That was like my thing. There was I like two, them. Shout out Rooted yeah, Black Girls. I, I like love them. them. Two Muslim women. Um they were just had this podcast on manifestation. I swear I've listened to it like 50 times. I love that episode. And they're always like, yeah, at first I couldn't shut up about manifestation. I was like, yeah, I'm definitely in that phase. But I just, what helped me visualize my goals and helped me actually achieve them and bring them to life was getting really specific with what I wanted. So define it. Like, what, what do you mean when you say manifestation? Okay. Basically I was like, okay, I would just write in my journal in the present tense. So it's goal setting. No, it's not. Cause it's not like <laughs> yeah, I want a car in five years. No, no, no. It's not like I want a car in five years. It's like, I just bought my first car. It is white. It has these seats. It looks like this. So it's visual so, goal setting. But it's in the present. Like I already have it. Interesting. So when you speak it into existence, you're more likely. <laughs> you think this is. Okay. It's fine. We can change topics. No, no, I'm good with it. I just. Your no, no, generation no. lost me. You guys no, lost okay. Me. I will say though, I think like I draw a line at with manifestation. Like I need to always turn it back to Allah because like. I just always say, like, if it's meant for me, because sometimes you could visualize something for as much as you want it. Yeah. And if it's not meant for you, you're never going to get it. But you know, you know what? Like, the, I, I will say that, like, as you noted earlier, it is the concept of du'at, minus maybe yeah. not being in the present tense. But I think yeah. that, like, there's something to be said about du'at in a way is kind of goal setting, too. It is. Being right? really specific Clear. with your du'at. Being, but du'at is effectively you having clarity in what you're lacking yeah. and what you want in your life. Yeah. So you'll make a jaw a supplication for anybody who isn't listening. Yeah, it's just yeah. making a prayer. Yeah. So you'll just like literally be like, I want to do X. I yeah. want to be X. I want to yes. go to Hutch. I want my parents to do X or feel yes. X or get better of X. And I think it's that, that specificity. I like, I get very practical when it comes to religion. And I believe that a lot <laughs> of the things that we do that we like assume are for God help us. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So like ultimately in du'at, you are literally verbalizing your wants and needs and the yeah. same with manifestation. It's the same which, thing, which then suddenly makes it easier for you to achieve your wants and needs. I think right? Shahid said it's gentrified. <laughs> Shahid literally said that. I love that. <laughs> it's true. It's true. It's just like, you're being really specific about what you want. Yeah. And if you like, think about it in the professional context, you have like goals, you have Six-month goals, one-year goals, five-year yeah. goals, 10-year goals. Yeah. And it's hard to have goals if you don't have clarity. And that's yeah, when things get chaotic. What are you going to achieve if you don't know what you want? Exactly. If, if you're trying to shoot – what is the arrow and the, the bow and arrow? Uh, target. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. If you're like, oh, I want to hit the target, but you don't know what the target yeah. is. So the, in that way, manifestation is fine. But I yeah. just – Every time I get on manifestation, manifestation no, I think TikTok, you're on like, you're on like, like horoscope, guys, astrology, manifestation, I TikTok. I think I am. I need yeah. to get off that. That is not my algorithm. No, I am not, is, I am not a metaphysical is, person. No, 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 no. I'm a very That's literal a person. Um, but I guess we can talk about now like how I've kind of turned that side hustle into a side yeah. job. Like it's effectively a job. Well, first of all, how much 
time, and I'm assuming it's outside of work, but how yes. much time a month or a week would you say you spend on? A week? Creative? 25 hours at least. You're kidding. Well, how, how do you break that down in terms of making content versus negotiating contracts? And then tell me all about kind of how oh, it's your hard. job. It's definitely something I'm still trying to balance because yeah. I just started a full-time job like two months ago, like I mentioned. It's full 40 hours. Sometimes it's overtime. And it's like really challenging at the end of a workday when you like – just are so exhausted from talking on meetings all day to then be like, okay, let me make TikTok content. It's just really difficult. And I was burning out so much because I thought that every single day I needed to post, like every day I needed to be creative at my most 100%, like most beautiful aesthetic brain. And I just realized it's not possible. Mm. Like I can't do that. And so I time block. When I think of my job, I, I know Monday through Friday, like I know there are some days I'm be busier. Like Tuesdays, I know everyone has check-in meetings. So I'm not going to create content on you Tuesdays. Burnt out. I'm, I, I'm not. Like I know I'm fo- so focused on my job job that day that like I don't have time at the end of the day or energy yeah. to create. So what I do is on in the weekends, first of all, I reset what I'm doing for the week. Like I did that with you this morning. I'm thinking about what I want to post. Mm. And... Um, I also try to like stockpile content that I can use throughout the week because I do try to be consistent. I don't do every day because that's just like honestly unrealistic for my lifestyle. But um, yeah, I would say like at least 25 hours a week. That includes emails, which take me a while. Um, going over contracts that includes shooting content, includes editing it, includes like responding and and engaging with my followers like and doing all of that. And that's for about three to four videos a week. Yeah, and um, so. now you're kind of somewhat. You have a bit of Instagram. four to five. If you had to break down the percentage of time that goes to Instagram versus TikTok, oh, I don't know. I feel like one fifth of the time. Yeah, I'm, I'm not good at Instagram right now. I just created a new Instagram, and yeah. I'm just like kind of letting that organically grow. Yeah, but it's just a little bit overwhelming for me to bounce back between so many social platforms. Yeah. So I'm just like putting my energy into TikTok. Yeah, yeah, and, and in terms of. So you, you took that side hustle, you turned it yeah. into a career by effectively goal setting yes, and time blocking mm-hmm. and having a really, really clear niche, meaning like, yeah. you know, the exact type of person you want to follow you. Yeah. You also mentioned that you're engaged with your followers. So you're probably responding to a lot of comments. I respond or, to all of them. Okay. Talk I try about to. That. Let's talk about that. Why? Um, I just feel like people take so much time out of their days to comment really, really sweet things on my videos. And it's generally so touching. Like I didn't realize how nice people can be on the internet. Like I'm just so used to the like YouTube and Instagram days when people would be cyberbullying each other. Cause you could just like hide behind a TikTok or a, a screen. And that was just like the norm. And then I didn't realize that on TikTok people could be so nice. Don't get me wrong. People can be really mean on TikTok too, but I've generally had a very positive experience. So like, I don't know. I like to engage with the people who follow my or who like my videos and it gives me a lot of inspiration knowing that it's well received and it provides like a sense of, okay, like I'm making an impact if people say like, okay, this video, so many people comment on my videos, like this video bought me peace. And I genuinely like every time someone comments that I get so happy because it's all I could ever want. And it's like, sounds cheesy, but it's so sweet. And then also, um, it is good to like engage with your audience if you want, um, to grow. Like if you want to grow and Socials like TikTok rewards people for engaging with their audience. Like no one wants to follow a robot. Yeah. You know? And, and what, what else have you learned in terms of strategies effectively to go from like, I don't know what to 70 K in a year's time. What if yeah. somebody was listening today and was like, I want to do this. Yeah. What are other pieces of advice you'd give them? Yeah. That's a really good question. I feel like a lot of my friends asked me this too. 
Um, I would say to be consistent. I feel like that's the one thing that has really differentiated um, growth for so many creators. Like whatever is like most realistic for your lifestyle. Like I'm not saying two Mm -hmm. to three videos a day. Like we don't have time to do that. But if you can post multiple times a week, like do it. I, I was I was daily during maternity leave. That's how I grew yeah. my following. I was daily. I'm serious. Like yeah. consistency is everything. I would day. film like seven seven videos in a day, put them in my drafts, and I'd post one a day. I will also say that quality is better than quantity though. Um, because people can tell when you're like not being very genuine on yeah. the app, you know? Like I feel like you can spot that. And um, the videos that I feel like have done really well on the app and have been really well received are the ones that I feel like I'm the most proud of. Like, I'm like, okay, I really loved this. I felt like I was so creative. Yeah. I loved what I created and it has positive feedback. And what, what are the types of goals that you set for TikTok? Is mm-hmm. it followers? Is it money? Is it kind of you growing as a person? Like, how do you, where do you want to be in a year? Kind of, how do you think of success in a year from now? That's a good question. I feel like I think of it more so in engagement. Because you could have like a hundred thousand followers and then have like no engagement. Yeah. And to me, that doesn't feel as meaningful. Um, and I think, yeah, it would be number one engagement and number two, it would be brand deals. Yeah. And, and like, so we've talked about the opportunities being brand deals. Yeah. Um, what other opportunities have come from it? I guess you changing your career trajectory. That I think there's also like a huge like social element to it too. Like I've met so many people through TikTok. Some people who I've like been following for years and then like suddenly now we're like mutuals. Um, one of my like favorite fitness influencers who I genuinely did her five minute ab workout every single day of quarantine. I'm obsessed with her. She reached out to me like a couple months ago and was like, Hey, like, do you want to collaborate? Like we can do fitness content. And that was such a fangirl moment for me. I was like, wow, like she noticed my videos. Like, wow. So I think there's a huge social element to have been able to make so many friends. Um, a lot of my like TikTok friends inspire me and we inspire each other. And I think that's like what keeps me going. And I'm actually like playing my first influencer event um, on Saturday, which is exciting. Cause I'm like, I'd be able to meet some of these people yeah. that I've seen on a screen in person. Yeah. And you know, whenever I'm on your TikTok in the comments, people are always like, how'd you make this video? Cause you have very specific Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> why, why don't you just spill the beans? The beans are, there's really no beans. Like I use splice to edit all my videos. You put me on that. Mm-hmm. Um, you do have to pay. And then I realized that's like low key more expensive than Netflix mm-hmm. a month. And I was like, well, when did this, <laughs> they, they charge you like three bucks a week. Yeah. It's like really honestly unnecessary, but, um, I use splice. I really liked the app. I feel like it was so easy to just like master. Um, didn't take me a while. And then when I, I shoot all my videos on my iPhone, um, and then I just like lower the exposure a bit and I feel like that gives it like a nice aesthetic, but that's truly all I do. Yeah. And you just do a bunch of like regular speed one or two second videos and you yeah. spice them together. Yeah. Um, yeah. It depends on what I'm doing, but typically I like, like a montage style yeah. of video. And then you throw the music, you throw the audio on in TikTok yeah, in after. The, in the app. So I you don't know. have the audio envisioned in advance. Well, sometimes if I see like a really like a trend. pretty video or mm-hmm. a trend, I'm like, oh, I really want to use that audio. Mm-hmm. And so I'll like think about that. And then I'll also um, just like when I'm taking my content, just keep that in the back of my mind. Like, is this a more like moody song? Is this a more like upbeat song? Like kind of match yeah. what I'm filming. Do you about. do trends on TikTok? I try to. Honestly, I feel like I'm really late to trends. <laughs> I try to. I think they're really fun. Yeah. Um, and it's definitely a really great way to grow your account. Yeah. Um, to use like viral sounds, um, to do trends. Um, yeah. Yeah. And and like what, 
what have you learned about yourself mm. since you started it? I've learned that I'm a lot more creative than I thought. That's cool. Yeah, it's really <laughs> cool. I've learned that this comes very naturally to me. Like, I think the reason why I'm not so burnt out is because it's a very light lift. Like, yeah. yes, it's a lot of work. Um, and it's definitely like a real job. Like people who do this full time, it's like no joke. Um, but I think the reason why I don't feel like, oh, I have to go to work. We were just saying it's because I feel like it comes very naturally to me. Mm-hmm. And it's it's something that I feel very inspired by. Yeah. Yeah. Because you're effectively putting in 65, 70 hours a week on work. Oh, yeah. I work like 40, put- 45 hours a week. And then you my full-time normal job. job yeah yeah I'm ne- like never not working I feel yeah even this weekend technically yeah, I'm like posting content but it's what's gonna help me gain a brand deal yeah you know yeah exactly exactly oh and I feel like we could also talk about brand deals because I feel like oh my gosh that was a whole field I had to learn on my own <laughs> okay it's my first brand deal what's going on tell me everything oh my gosh. what should so, I know so first of all you get so many spam emails um, I created an influencer email account and that was like one of the best decisions of my entire life. Anyone is listening. If you're creating content, please create an email. It was getting mixed up in my personal account. It was just a hot mess. Um, and people like want to know where they can reach you. Mm-hmm. So you get a lot of spam emails. You also get a lot of like, um, gifted exchange collaboration inquiries. And that was something that I definitely accepted more at the beginning of my TikTok career, Um, because you're just like so eager to work with brands and they're so generous um, to give product to you. But as I started my full-time job, I just realized like I didn't have capacity to Mm -hmm. be like just doing Mm one-off gifted collaborations in exchange for content because it takes a long time Mm -hmm. and I don't want to post something that I'm not proud of. And I put a lot of time and energy into what I do Mm -hmm. post. So it's going to take me a while. And I feel like there's just like no need for influencers to take on gifted collaborations if they're not comfortable with that time investment, mm. you know, because like, think about it, you're a brand, likely a multi-million dollar brand. If you were going to have someone revamp your website, or you're going to have yeah. models shoot for you, or you're going to have someone like in the, some manufacturing company to make your clothes, you're going to pay them. Right. Why wouldn't you pay the people who are advertising your product? Which it is, right? It like is influencers are like, a, they're par- yes, it's marketing. It's literally marketing. So it's like, you should... A, know your worth and set some rates that are reasonable for you. I like to go off of my engagement again. Um, I think you can look up like calculators mm. for, um, that's how I do it. I look up like um, paid collaboration calculator and then it'll ask you to like input your followers and your engagement. That kind of gave me like a head start. Yeah. Now that I know where I'm at, I know more of a standard like flat rate yeah. for brands. Um, but yeah, I think a, you should know your worth and B just know that like, they probably have money, you know, yeah, and like, just what ask do you for say, it, you know, in terms of the people who are cool with it versus the people who reject it, what's the percentage of brands that are like, yeah, sure. We have a budget and yeah. it's around there versus the percentage that are like, oh, we're going to run away. Like no yeah. way. I feel like usually they don't run away. Um, I always mention that I'm flexible and that I'm like happy to work yeah. with their budget and, um, I feel like a really good way to like gauge where they're at is if they don't mention, if they just say like a collaboration inquiry, like I just, you know, ask them if they can share a little bit more details about the campaign, including their budget, like uh, their time smart. frame. Yeah. And that's a really good way for them to like open up without you sounding like money hungry, because yeah. I feel like, you know, it's such an honor to be working with so many of these cool businesses. And it's just like such a privilege to be having these opportunities. But like, again, like your time is money. Yeah. And like, 
you should be getting paid, Yeah, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was definitely challenging and I do like have different rates for their terms and always read your contracts. Oh my gosh. Number one, if they're going to have like whitelisting privileges, if they're going to have exclusivity privileges, meaning like if you work with them and they're say like a, let's say like Crest, for example, if Crest is like, okay, you can't work with another like dental hygiene brand for 30 days, 60 days, you should charge a higher rate. Hmm. And when you say higher rate, like what's the percentage more that you're talking? I don't know about percentage more, but just think of it in terms of like, if they're telling you, you need to be exclusive with us for 30 days, consider your other options. If you weren't to accept Crest, what other income could you be Mm -hmm. making from other dental hygiene brands? Mm -hmm. And then effectively, whatever that like difference is, Mm -hmm. if you didn't do Crest and you know, you could make this much more money if you did something else, like just subtract the two and add it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. No, that makes sense. It makes sense. Yeah. And I think these are all good tips. And like for anybody who's listening- We're getting in the weeds. It's good though. Like I I like the weeds because I feel like, like I said, this episode is different because you're early on both your careers. You're early in the influencer career, which you've only invested a year into. And it's kind of had- Very micro e-influencer. Micro e-influencer, whatever you want to call it. Um, And then you're like- new in your real career too, yeah. right? Like I'm entry you're, level, everything, your entry level, everything, but it's important. Yeah. Cause like, I think that you have enough vision to kind of figure out your career career throughout time. And yeah. you have kind of clear vision with your influencer career, but the influencer thing is interesting. Cause a, as I'd mentioned five times already, it's embarrassing when you start. So people default <laughs> on like, it's too saturated. Yeah. It's, it's too, I'll never make it. There's yeah. enough out there. And I, I but a lot of people have that. And actually, I didn't tell this story in the beginning of the podcast, but now that we've kind of warmed you up, I'll tell yeah. it. When I was talking about Muslims doing things yeah. and you're like, um, yeah, you should do it. You're like, I'll help you. Yeah. And I was like, no. <laughs> and the reason I said that is because I was like, this girl will never be my admin. She's a creator. <laughs> not she will be say. unreliable. That's she'll be so really funny. reliable for two months and she'll jump ship. because She'll be like, why am I doing this for Layla? <laughs> like, so it was so funny because I was literally like calculating just the the, the change management cost in my yeah. head. And I was like, this is, it's not worth it. I'll just email That's my friends. So funny. Yeah. And like literally you started TikTok then. So I was yeah. right. I'm usually right, especially when it comes to you. Mm-hmm. But um, Gossie's like my little sister, if you guys That's haven't true. figured it out. That's true. But um, anyways, okay. So it's, uh, I promised you 40 minutes because you're exhausted and it's Thanksgiving weekend. This has weekend. been so fun. Yeah. We're so much more, I feel. <laughs> I'm telling you. I'm telling part two, but where can yeah. people find you? Yeah. People can find me on TikTok. Um, it's Yasterali, Y-S-T-U-R-A-L-I. And then you can find me on Instagram, the same thing, but with two eyes. Then. All right. Well, thank you, Yasi. Thank you, Layla, for having me. This was so fun. <laughs> yes. Bye, everyone. Bye, guys. Bye.